Good morning, Fitzroy. I did say at the outset that this was not going to be a sprint, but a marathon. And here we are so many weeks later doing everything so differently, trying to get into new rhythms. And in fact, you will notice this morning another different backdrop to my preaching. This is not on purpose. We're trying to find the right lighting. We're trying to find the right backdrop. Last week, Paul Lutton set the scene very high. And we're going to suggest something to you in Fitzroy. And you could begin to think about this in lockdown. Uh, when we come back to normal life again, we will always be wary that we may go into another time such as this. And in the meantime, we would suggest as a session that every member of Fitzroy decorates their home in such a way that when Alison, Richard, Peter or Colin have to use a wall in your room as a backdrop, it will be studio friendly for such time as this. Enough waffle. That adds to the uh, amounts of minutes that we take to do the service. Let me go through a few announcements. Uh, Fitzroy Family Focus by my good self. I want to remind you at the outset that there's no offering plate today. If we do the service right, and if I remember what I've decided I want to do, then we may have an offering later on, but it will have nothing to do with finances. It will be a personal head, heart, soul and body offering to God. If uh, you haven't been putting money on a plate, then Fitzroy will know um, the absence of that. And if you want, therefore, to send us the money you would normally put in a plate, then the information's on the website. And also, if you want to take this time because of the uncertainty to become someone with a standing order, that opportunity's there for you as well. Can I thank you at the outset? Last Sunday morning, we showed you Trinity and Levixen um, in the slums of Kampala. And I'm aware that there was a lot of money raised that afternoon, um, probably most of it coming out of Fitzroy. I want to thank you for your generosity to what the guys are trying to do in those slums. It's one of the heroic stories of this coronavirus. Two boys in slums who couldn't speak English till they were 10, dealing drugs as homeless kids until they were 10, now 20 years later feeding 5,000 people in two slums in Kampala. It's a great Fields of Life story. It's a great Christian story. Thank you for supporting them financially last week. Just to remind you that tonight at seven o'clock, there's two things happening, but because of the wonders of technology, you can see both of them. Maybe not at once, but you can see both of them. Instagram, get down with the kids, some worship, a beautiful half hour of worship from the homes of one of our, or a family of our young people. And it's always uh, really uplifting. Uh, that lasts from seven to half seven. Going live at the same time is Gary Burnett's uh, Paul and Ten. This is a little series of teachings on the Apostle Paul. He's doing 10 of them, and they're 10 minutes long. There's four of them done. Only 40 minutes will catch you up to date. If you've missed any of them, please, please, please use that resource. Gary's doing a great job on that. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock prayer. We now have a prayer list of people who've already been invited. If you've already been invited, you will get another invite. Don't feel that means you have to come. But uh, that's Tuesday night at 7. If you want to be put on that list, email me, personal message me, whatever way you want to do it. We'll go Facebook Live, Janice and I, Wednesday and Friday this week. There's no Four Corners meeting on Friday. So we'll be free on Friday and we'll do two this week. It's all about demand. I, I sometimes feel silly sitting on Facebook, but I know that some of you really just love a bit of chat. And if that's the way to do it in this lockdown, we're very happy to do it. Just let us know whether it's useful for you or not. The women get together on Zoom for their Zoom chat on Friday night. If you're not on that, and I think there's a few people that we haven't phone numbers of, please um, get us your phone number and you can join with that. And Fitzroy Youth Ministry, 
and Fitzroy Children's Ministry putting stuff up all the time. If you have children or young people, make sure you get the resources that they're putting up to do endless amounts of stuff. As you can tell from that, Fitzroy's carrying on regardless of this coronavirus lockdown and um, so wonderful for the support that we have and uh, particularly want to thank this morning before we start the production team who uh, spends a lot of the week trying to find the hymns that are being sent or how they put together all the stuff that you're going to enjoy this morning. Thank you to those guys for the work that they are doing. Let us be still for a moment and pray as we come to uh, worship where we will not be present but we hope that we will have one another's presence and even more importantly, the presence of God. Let's pray together. God, in these strange times, as we meet in homes, not only across Belfast, but with this miracle of technology from Alberta, Canada, right across to Australia and most places in between. We pray that though we can't be present with each other, that we will sense being uh, together alone And more importantly than that, that your Holy Spirit will be a companion with us. We will be thinking about resurrection later on. There's that wonderful moment in a mess where when they sit down at the table, Jesus is present with them. Lord, we pray that in every home that's watching now and will watch during this week, that sometime in this week they will know Jesus' presence with them the way those disciples did in a mess and that it would warm our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us worship God. Thank you. 
Hello, Kyle here coming to you from Oxford. Um, jo and I are both working from home at the minute, as I assume most of us are. Um, she's continuing her work with BMS World Mission. I'm still working for St. Ebb's Church um, with postgrad students. Um, we're doing our best as a postgrad team to try and support the students um, at this weird time of lockdown. A lot of them can feel pretty isolated at the best of times, so we're doing our best to keep video calling people and looking out for one another and we're still doing our weekly Bible studies but over video chat. Um, I'm also doing some work um, producing the kids videos for our church and um, I'm editing those and unfortunately acting in a few of them as well so um, I've been making a bit of a fool of myself in front of all of our young people. Um, Joe and I are really grateful for all of your support and all of your prayers and um, we were hoping to be back for Easter and uh, we weren't able to be because of the lockdown but we hope to get back and see you all really soon. The reading is from Luke chapter 24 verses 36 to 49. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance, for, and, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high.
as you trust in him, as you trust in him, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, as you trust in him, as you trust in him. prayers today focus on senior citizens. The statistics tell us that people over 70 uh, are suffering more from this virus and so we really want to pray together. Um, and people too have been featured, especially people living in nursing homes uh, and we want to focus on that, on people living in nursing and residential homes. But we are thankful too that we see people recovering and some people learning new things and doing well in this time. So let's pray together. We pray for seniors in our community and families who are living at home. We pray that they may know a sense of peace and contentment in their own homes and in the routines that they have developed. It's not easy to thrive on your own company, but we pray for patience and understanding. We pray that they can continue to get some fresh air and exercise but also are also protected from falls. We pray that the network of family and friends and community groups will stay in regular contact and help with practical things. We pray for carers, especially for those living with someone who has dementia. We pray that you would help them at times of exhaustion and worry. We pray for those who are struggling financially and who are already in poor health. We do thank you, Lord, for those who are resilient at this time and for the lessons that we can learn from them, for people going on social media and even using Zoom and all those sorts of things for the first time. We now pray for those in nursing and residential homes. We pray for some of our members, Bobby Connolly and Rosemary Vance in Abbey Fields, Hilary Dalton in Faith House, and Jim Beers in Tile House. We pray for others we know in nursing homes or ill in hospital. We also pray for Clive Gould and other residents in Adelaide House. Adelaide House is a residential home in our area and we look forward to particularly praying for them and supporting them over this time. 
We thank you that in Adelaide they have had no cases of coronavirus among their residents and staff at this time. But we really pray that this will continue uh, and we thank you for the regular provision of PPE and some of the fun activities and music that is continuing. We pray for Norma Picking and all her staff. We thank you for their commitment and belief in your provision. May you protect them and meet their needs and continue to inspire them. Lord, we thank you for the people of all ages who contribute so much to our church and to our family and community lives. Amen. Start a revolution Strange way To get a better time Strange way To hold a power breakfast Strange way To show your business plan Strange way To test if wood would splinter Strange way To do performance art Strange way to say I'll see you later Strange way to leave behind your heart Strange dissident of meekness Nurse of tangled souls It's so unlike the holy To end up full of hope Painting, 
ridiculous way to gather in the poor. Strange dissident of meekness, nurse of tangled souls. It's so unlike the holy to end up full of Not just not alone. Strange way to hold us closer. Strange way to give us hope. Strange way. Strange way. I want to thank uh, Dave for singing Martin Joseph's song, Strange Ways. The cross is a strange way to start any revolution. Um, the cross is a strange way for a God to interact with humanity. We're going to be thinking about that this morning in our sermon. But I wanted to pick out words in that song that I think have more uh, poignancy um, in the current uh, coronavirus situation than perhaps I've ever heard them when Martin has sung them before. And that is that chorus that says, strange dissident of meekness and nurse of tangled souls, so unlike the holy, to end up full of holes. If ever we needed a nurse for tangled souls, is it not now in this coronavirus time? I am aware that, as I said at the outset of the service, that a few weeks ago, I suggested that this was not a sprint and we weren't going to be out of this in two or three weeks. Now, I'm hoping that Dave Thompson wasn't right, because the last time we met in Fitzroy, Dave left, waved at me and said, cheerio, see you at Christmas. Happy birthday, because both of our birthdays are 1010. Um, and I thought, surely that's too long. But here we are. We're nearly out of April and we're still doing these services in this strange way. And I'm aware that for some of us and many of us, and I, I, I talked about this last week and I don't mind repeating it, we're all dealing with it differently. And we're all dealing with it differently at different times. Uh, just speaking to one of the congregation yesterday in a situation and they were saying that last week they turned off all their social media because there was a blizzard of stuff. Every songwriter in the world seems to be doing a live songwriter stream and people are going live on Facebook like Janice and I are doing and it, like it was a blizzard of stuff. And for that person, it was just time to turn all of that off. Whereas for other people in the sense of isolation, they need that blizzard of stuff. Some of us, Janice and I, only children, we're loving it. But other people who thrive off being together with others really wrestling and struggling and what seems to have lasted too long. And as a pastor, I'm aware that these are anxious, anxious days. We're anxious about our own mental health, our own spiritual health, our own sense of perhaps loneliness. We're anxious about the intensity of a house with people together for longer than we've ever been together in all of our lives. We're anxious about people that we know who've got COVID-19. There are prayer requests coming in on a daily basis and we're following people's stories that sometimes don't look as if they're going to end well. 
it's an anxious, anxious time. We're fearful, um, even though some of us are having uh, a good time in it. Even then, we're fearful about how this will um, go back to normal and will there be a second surge and will those of us who protected ourselves against the first surge, all kinds of anxieties going on in the world around us, fearfulness going on in the world around us. We're watching people coming towards us and we're taking a two metre step away. We're trying to work out, do we cross the road? Are they going to cross the road? How are we going to do it? I'm fascinated when we walk at the dub of the three or four different tracks across the pitches now where people are walking two metres apart and there's paths everywhere. Anxious times. And so it has been good for the last few weeks. And way back, I did say that we would learn more about the Bible and understand the Bible better in these um, times that are stretching our souls than maybe we do when we're comfortable. And I think that's true. If that was the case in general, then this time around resurrection is even more incredible. The time around Jesus' cross and resurrection perhaps is an amazing um, juxtaposition of timings as we go through coronavirus. Because what we find in today's reading that Kyle read to us earlier on, are these disciples again disorientated, anxious, fearful, hiding away, Isolating, if you will, even though some of them are isolating together. They're in this time of deep anxiety. And it's into that anxiety that maybe some of us understand better than we've understood before that Jesus comes and meets them. Now, we looked at the Luke chapter 24 near the end of that chapter passage today. That's what Kyle read for us. And it's the post Cleopas and Emmaus journey. And the guys that met Jesus and Emmaus have run back to tell the disciples that they've met the risen Christ. And Jesus then appears to them. And it's not just Thomas this time that gets to put his fingers or their fingers in Jesus' wounds. All of the disciples are brought face to face with Jesus' wounds. And it's interesting because I was reading a commentary this week. And those words that, that Luke read for us that said that the disciples were startled and frightened. Two words about the fear. Startled and frightened. Now, one commentator that I read this week, they may be right and they may be wrong. There's Greek scholars out there that will be able to put me right in this, and it may be that the Greek part of this is maybe wrong, but I think they're onto something, these, this commentator. He said that these are two very different words, that one of the words is almost like a shock word, that the disciples are shocked. The same Greek word this commentator says is what Jesus uses when he talks about wars and rumors of wars and the violence of that. So it's a word, a Greek word that means the shock of experience and violence. And that the other word for fear here is more the word for awe as in meeting with God, the awe of God's presence. I don't know. It's Greek. It's not Hebrew. But maybe the awe that Isaiah experienced when he met God in Isaiah 6 in the temple. Two very different words, and we could use them in a, a, a recent army uh, phrase, shock and awe. The disciples in this moment of meeting Jesus have these two experiences, shock and awe. And I think it's vital, whether the Greeks write in this or not, I think there's something very true about this that's really helpful for us. The shock of meeting someone who just a few days ago was tortured in the most incredibly violent way and then nailed to a cross. 
there would be a shocking thing to be in the presence of someone, even a dead body, who had gone through such physical damage, such physical horrendous, torturous. So there's a shock because the disciples have in their presence someone who's just been crucified. And there's the physical, human brutality of that that shocked them to be so close to it. And then there's the awe, because they're also in the presence of the risen Christ. In some way, still human, because at the end of the passage, he actually eats some fish. Still human, but entering the room, not the way that most would enter a room. So there's the shock of the physical brutality of Christ in front of them. And there's the shock of the awe of the transcendent resurrected Christ in front of them. I think those two things need to be held together in our thinking if we're going to be able to trust this Jesus in times of disorientation, anxiety, fear or coronavirus. It seems to me that sometimes the resurrection is the chapter after the crucifixion. And over this particular period of coronavirus, as I've spent time in the resurrection spaces, I've come to understand that the resurrection is not something that happens after crucifixion. It's something that happens to crucifixion. It's the same chapter. It's the same event. The Jesus who is brutally tortured is the Jesus who is raised to life. And that the resurrection does something to crucifixion. It's not two chapters where we get a different actor to play the parts. And if we look at the life of Jesus, do we not do that? There's the baby Jesus. And if we're doing the film of the baby Jesus, then we have a baby to play that part. And oh, the baby's lovely. And then when Jesus goes to the temple when he's 12, we have a 12-year-old Jesus to play that part. A different Jesus than the baby that played in the temple. And then when we have a Jesus who's walking around Galilee, we have a different kind of Jesus to play that part. And then we have the Jesus of crucifixion. He's tougher. He's, he's much more tough and he's getting all that brutality hit out on him. And then the resurrection Jesus, we change the actor again to a different image of Jesus. We're really... This is all the one story. This is all the one human being. This is all the one human experience. God in incarnation, crucifixion and resurrection, it's all one. The God who created the universe, who hovered over the waters of the deep and the void creating, is the God, the word who became flesh and lived among us and got that flesh torn to shreds and then had that flesh that was torn to shreds raised to life again. Jesus in the crucifixion went into the very core of our humanity, into the injustices, the evil, the darkness and the violence of our human experience. He entered it, he identified with it, he took it on and that's important for us. Because when we're in a situation like we're in now with all the anxieties around us, when as human beings we're feeling vulnerable, when as human beings we're feeling almost that thinnest of fragile eggshells that we're walking upon in our own souls, never mind the souls of the people around us. It is so incredible to know 
that the Jesus that comes amongst the disciples and says, do not be afraid. I bring you a peace that you will not understand, that the world does not give peace to you, shalom to you. That the Jesus who says that can set with a CV behind him that goes, I have been in the heart of the worst of our humanity and look at me today, I've conquered it. Not only did Jesus identify with all the injustice, with the death and the darkness and the demons of our world, but in this resurrection, he in the same body that was crucified says that I've conquered it, that I've defeated it, that there is hope. What a CV. A God who enters into our humanity, a God who enters into the very worst of its violence and injustice, and a God who conquers that in resurrection. A God. None of the other gods. And I looked at all the other gods. And the, the reason that I took the Jesus God is that no other God does this. No other God identifies with our fragility and our vulnerability and our isolation and our anxieties and fears the way that Jesus did. To sweat as drops of blood because he didn't want to go through that cross. To be right in the heart of the injustice. Strange way to start a revolution. Maybe, but the only way to start the revolution that Jesus could start, that could stand in front of the disciples and say, look at me, I am God, but I'm not a God away up there in space. I'm a God who came down and lived among you. I'm a God who went to the very heart of the worst of humanity. And I'm a God who's conquered all that and stands before you today and says, trust in me because my CV is the best divinity cd across all of history in the world i am somebody you can trust in the depths of your anxiety so our prayer for the months this week is that god would stand in your presence the way he did in Emmaus, the way he did with these disciples and that we see a god who understands us i think that's why paul's able to say Nothing can separate us from the love of God because God's not a separate identity away out there in space. In fact, Isaiah chapter 57 says that God says, I live in a high and holy place. Now, we might feel that that's separation, but that's not the case because the next part of the verse says, and also with those, also with those who are poor in spirit. There's no separation between us and God. Because God broke the separation and came down into our midst and identified with the worst of us. Nothing can separate us from that kind of love because God has put himself into our humanity. And when the writer to Hebrews says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence to find grace and mercy in our time of need. We come before a God on a throne who has a physical scar of our humanity, who has the wonderful victory of resurrection and who stands before us and says, peace be with you. Shalom. Do not be afraid, even in the midst of your anxieties, in your heart and your soul and your mind and in your body. Trust me. Because I am trustable, because my CV tells you who I am. A God who became human, a God who went into the darkest places of humanity, and a God who was raised to life to defeat all the things that humanity has to fear.
Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Shalom. May it be so this week. very much for watching today and listening if you want to talk to us or you would like prayer please feel free to get onto the website and send a message if uh, you know me personally facebook message me or whatever else and it's wonderful to hear who's listening where so just let us know where you saw our service from um today and let me share a benediction with you usually when we're doing this, I um, I get us all to share benediction, but because we're not all able to turn and look at one another, I'm taking this opportunity to share blessings over you. And I'm trying to write blessings and benedictions that might speak into the heart of our current times. So here's the one I have written for today. Let's close with this blessing of benediction. Father God, may we know you creating victory out of our anxieties. Jesus, we thank you for suffering at the core of our human brokenness. Holy Spirit, meet us today with the compassion and power of resurrection and give us a peace beyond our understanding. Amen.